Welcome to Spectre in the Fog, a homebrew Call of Cthulhu Chaosium game. Episode 5. What information will Monroe share with the investigators, and how will this change their investigation? Let's rejoin the action now to find out. This brand, this Akadwellis, if there's anything you can tell us that can help us to stop something bad happening in, in, in our city, we we need to know from one old soldier to another. And he's uh he's sort of he's 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 looking down at the uh, at the notebook and sort of pushes it back towards you, and just says, "A few years before I met Cicero, out east I saw something. It's uh, I've never been right since. I uh, I need some time." I hope you understand. And uh, sort of like gets up out of his chair and walks over towards the window. Um, he, he, he is, you know, uh, even standing up. He seems a little bit weak at the knees as well. So so, so he, see, he definitely seems hesitant to ply you with any more information at the moment. But <clears> obviously <throat> pressing with other bits and pieces. It's completely up to you guys what you want to do I'm right fine. now. It sounds like we're not going to get much more out of him, so I think yeah. we'll leave it. And we go. Didn't he tell us to go okay. and? Sorry, go on, can, Chris. Can I try something? Can I yeah, try something? If you want. Yep. Can I just try to persuade one of you to give me the picture <clears throat> of the tentacle monster because I want to show it to him and say. They just said he's having he's having a terrible time. You're like, look at this fucking weird yeah. shit, man. We've seen disturbing things too. I just I just have it's a feeling that he's gonna be like he's gonna look back. Oh, that's so good. I'm gonna go put it on the fridge. Yeah, want to give it a whirl, but I don't know how. The more I'm thinking, they're thinking if it, he might open up more to people who have been through similar shit. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's nothing stopping you from trying. Yep. Yeah. If that's okay, what your cool. character would like to do. So right. I think Marcus has the book at the moment. So yeah, Christ, yeah, I think you, yeah, you're going to just hand the book over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, it seems yeah, it, uh, we're all in this together. Okay, he, cool. he doesn't know he wants to like flash this guy a picture of a tentacle monster. So he's like, yeah, sure, there you go. <laughs> cool. So uh, Christ is going to go up to him and just go, uh, Professor. We we understand that you know you you've probably seen some very unpleasant things, and he's just going to. Put the piece of paper face down. We've seen some unpleasant things too. So why we need your help so much? And uh, yeah. I'll, I'll kind of give him the option to turn over the piece of paper or not. And uh, Monroe looks at you in, in in looks up directly to you in the eye, and you can see there's no there's no sparkle in his eye at the moment. It, they look they look dead. Mm-hmm. And he looks down at the page and he lifts a corner. And uh, he uh, he lets out a, a bit of a gasp, <gasps> and then puts the page back down again. Goes, sirs, please may you leave. And then he sort of like closes his eyes and looks away <laughs> down toward down towards his right. And he's sort of like he's pushing the paper back towards you, and he's now visi- visibly shaking. Um, yeah, I, I feel for as a, as a as a soldier, I feel for this guy. So, all right, lads. Um... Look here, and I'm going to write down an address. He can reach us. I guess we're just what the police station. Where are we? Oh, we're staying with um neighborhood watch fellow, right? Uh, you were at the Lusks temporarily. Um, whether you'll still be there or not, it is. Can it, we, um, I tell you what we could do. We could give him right. uh, a spot hidden. Pardon? We've already He's done a spot hidden. Right. Yeah, we've, we've already tried. Um, we tried a spot hidden on the books, but not. What, uh, what, what sort? Why, why would? Why do you want to roll the spot hidden? What? what what were you trying he's to looking achieve? Down to his right, is there something over there? Oh right, yeah. I mean, cool. Yeah, if you want to do a spot hidden and, and uh... nah, it's okay. Oh god, you, you can be reassured that <laughs> you look to the left. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you look to the left. He's medically blind, guys. I think I did bring that one out. You failed. Oh, you failed. But even if you succeeded, um, just the curtain. Just the curtain. Just the curtain. There's nothing. There's nothing down to his right. There's nothing I... down there. He's just looking down there as if he's <clears throat> haunted by something. Um, possibly doing it uh, uh, for dramatic effect, you know, like um, like they do in the movies. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I, th- uh, I think, um, I... could we just give him the uh, detective's address? 
the um, yeah, you, you you can you can give them the you can give them the address to um, <clears throat> to Scotland Yard, or you can give them address, the address to the Whitechapel station because you would have guys you guys would have had that from Reed at one point. Yeah. Um, well, well, as as this is part in... of an active invest a police investigation as well, it may, it may be best to um, to do that. But um... yeah, I think would yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was probably your department, Marcus, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so your your decision, probably the uh, second one. Yeah, I think, I mean, where first I want to leave this guy an address he can reach us at. Okay. Um, so where would we be? I guess the police station, where we, where we go usually? Yep, so I'd probably give him uh, Whitechapel, as that's, as that's Reed's. Uh, detect yeah. Inspector Reed's uh, base of operations. It'll probably be mainly where you guys are operating out of as well. So uh, yeah. So um, yeah. yeah if you need All to go via Reed, because obviously we're not officially part of the police, so it just put mm. via. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's true. I think okay. Is and somebody we trust. Yeah, I'd say if you need to get hold of us, um, we'll be at Whitechapel. Speak to Officer Reed, and he'll be able to uh, get in touch. Okay, and uh, Monroe um, glances back towards you, gentlemen, and says, "Thank you. Uh, I, I will endeavour to give you a call tomorrow morning once I have some more information for you." And then goes back to sort of like looking down out the window. Um, what would you, just gentlemen, like? To go? Can I just try and get a hint at what he's seen through the that one psychology? Oh. Ah. This this I, poor what, person has been. What, no, no, I'm just sort of observing it. To see <laughs> this guy's like, I, I, I was, I had terrible captain before. Point. Like, so what kind of terrible things, man? Tell us all. Tell us everything. Yeah. <laughs> this like, fucking I'll, weird I'll picture. Tell you, I'll tell you tomorrow, and then just like, no, you'll tell us. Yeah. Like with the Jedi mind tricks, you will tell us now. But yeah, you sort of like <laughs> you, you sit on the edge of the table. Did you want to sleep with your mother? Is that what it is? You wanted to sleep with your mother? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think um like. I don't know, Marcus feels kind of a, a, a kinship to like people who have also been in the field. So he's like, yeah. yeah. Okay. We'll cool. talk to this guy later on. He needs a bit of time. Yeah. We know it's Sumerian. He's told even... us about a bit there. Do we know hmm? if this guy's even actually been in the field? He's just well, he, the knew, he knew. Oh, he said that before he met Cicero, he'd been like in the field doing stuff. Not army stuff, I assume, just like. Yeah, just stuff in general oh, yeah. that, right. that he's Sorry, picked up on and, and, you know, has possibly, um, you know, mentally scarred him. Yeah, yeah. All right, fair enough. Which is entirely possible. Um, so yeah, okay, cool. Well, with with that, you you guys um, leave the leave the address for him, and you leave the room, and you start to head out head out of the uh, the museum. Um, as you get towards the entrance, you see Adams running, uh, Constable Adams running through the main door. Um, and he's asked you to uh, best way to put it. He's 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 running. He's like, uh, gentlemen, glad I've I caught you. Um, Inspector Reed has a has an update for you. He says he might that you might be interested in. Um, he wants you down at at uh, down at Whitechapel Station. Uh, we've still got a. I have a carriage, a police carriage. Unfortunately, you have to jump in the back like some prisoners. <laughs> he laughs, and um. <laughs> And um, he's like, would you like to? Yeah, would you like to follow me? Follow me, sirs. And he's uh, he sort of starts walking back towards the door, sort of like beckoning you. Um, uh, uh, are you guys going to go with Adams, or would you guys like to go off and do some, something else? I'd like to. I'd like to see what what um, Reed's got to tell us. Like at the moment, yeah. we're we're kind of flying blind. If Reed already has um, some kind of a investigation open on this stuff. He's our best bet. Cool. Okay. Well, in in that case, um, you will follow follow Adams out um, as, as as he promised. The police carriage awaits. He opens up the uh, the barred door at the back and and let, lets you gentlemen in. And he's like, "Won't be long, sirs." And sort of jumps up onto the jumps up onto the top with the uh, with the driver and. Uh, Thirty minutes later, you uh, you are pulling up to Whitechapel Station. Um, as you're being let out the back, though, uh, there are a few people giving you slightly odd looks that some 
four, well, three rather well-dressed gentlemen and a police officer appear to be getting out of the back of a police carriage um, to be taken into the station. So some people are giving you some quizzical looks as on well, what, what have these guys been up to? Um, but no one, no one sort of stops and, and comes up to say anything. They're all a, they're all a little bit scared of the police anyway. Um, Adam leads you into the station, uh, and as you go in, there's a uh, like a booking desk in front of you um, with a couple of offices behind, and to the uh, left hand side, there's a, a a wooden staircase that leads up um, that just about has a banister on on the right. And at the top of the stairs is Reed's office. And Adam says, uh, Inspector Reed's waiting for you. Uh, please make your way up. And he sort of like gestures and points towards the um, the staircase, showing you where you need to go. So cool. let's make our way, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So you guys you guys make your way up and uh, knock on the door and Reed invites you in. And he's like, oh, gentlemen, I'm, I'm glad that you could uh, make it. Was uh, Professor Monroe any help to you? Yeah, he, uh, well, he managed to let us know that it was a Sumerian. Seems to be a book about, um, uh, what was it, Professor? Like, uh, rituals and stuff? Yes, um, various rituals in Samaritan. Yeah. Hang on, I'll, I'll show you. And I, I proudly whip out the key and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> staring, <laughs> staring, staring you straight in the eye, open the lock. <laughs> and then turn it around for Reed to see. And uh, Reed takes the book and uh, he uh, he lifts the, the metal bracket and just opens up to the first page and he's like, hmm, indeed. And just flicks into a couple of pages and hmm, uh, right. And then just closes the book again and puts the puts the lock down. You, um, you Sumerian, Reed? No, no, I don't. No. Right. I can just about do German. Um, right. Otherwise, no. Very. You just picked up the book and stared at some words you didn't understand. And went, mm, I see. And then give it back to me. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And and <laughs> Reed, Reed, Reed just looks at you and just sort of like Perfectly nods, <laughs> nods, just sort of like a yeah. 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 Okay. Great. Great. Puts it away. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> a thing. <laughs> we also we also that's found out about right. this. <laughs> Get the... Sorry, it's just so funny that we just stared. Marcus stared the eyes and went. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, um, yeah, we, we also we also found about this. It's uh, it's called the the and that. Oh gosh, I can't, I can't say it. Okay. The, the symbol. The symbol. Oh, the uh, symbol of Akadwelith. Akadwelith. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, does this have any use to you in your uh, operation? You come across it before in your investigations. So uh, Reed Reed takes the the piece of torn paper from uh, from Wilfred's note old notebook and has a look at it and goes, "Yeah, it does look similar to things we found before." So, and where did you guys find this? And he look, looks back up at you. Where where did we find that symbol? Is it on the door? And Wilfred's um, time to shine. It was on the door. All right. <laughs> there we go. He's like, interesting. Interesting. Uh, well, I have a couple of constables down there having a good look around. We've got some lights. Proper lights down there. So yeah, we're, be careful. Right? It's dark. Yeah, we're, 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 we're canvassing the area as well to see if anyone else has seen anything. Um, okay. Do you, have any, do you have any other men on your team who are aware of what's going on with this stuff? I mean, we... Myself and my compatriots know a bit, having been in the thick of it, but are you on your own here, or is there some um, kind of way we can reach out? Williamson, Harris, and Adams know a little, but I'm trying to keep this as close to my chest as possible. If CID found out that I was investigating the occult, mm. um, I could find myself out on, out on the ear very quickly. Yeah, of course, of course. And... Uh, with that, he um, he looks over uh, some paperwork on his desk and uh, he says, uh, puts his hand down and says, and this is why I've called you gentlemen in. I thought you might find this interesting. And um, he opens this paper folder and hands you, Marcus, um, two pieces of paper. And they appear to be uh, 
pathologist's autopsy report on um, a young woman. And Reed looks you in the eye and says, and this is what the doc said about uh, what happened to that young woman. And uh, he sort of like steadies himself and lets you take a look at it. Um, you gonna you gonna you gonna peruse this uh, this report, Marcus? I mean, you know, I'm a copper. That's what I do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you look down at the notes, and a few things uh, jump out at you. Uh, one being um, in the notes, uh, liver removed. Hmm. Um, the other one being. Uh, the phrase vaginal area decimated with the, with with the line underneath saying uterus removed uh it looks as though whatever happened to this woman was incredibly brutal um mm. the last thing you spot is um the pathologist putting down that the item used to inflict these wounds was possibly a blade six to eight inches long um with a note in the margin saying uh possible um butcher or doctor but someone with uh at least a layman's knowledge of anatomy um and that and, and other than some uh some medical jargon on there uh, that you don't quite understand that's 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 the main bit of information that comes off of that off of those uh, pages to you and reed looks at you and goes yeah. Did you notice this as well? I'm s sorry. Uh, notice what about the the young lady? Yes. The uh, the parts removed. Oh yes. Uh, before um, before when your lads came along, we were unfortunate enough to get a full view. Uh, one of the uh, one of the gentry thankfully gave us a jacket to cover her with, but we'd seen uh, we'd seen some some stuff. Terrible stuff. Terrible thing. Mm. This poor young woman didn't deserve this. It's bad enough that you've got this. Wait, do they know he's called Jack the Ripper? Have they named him Jack the Ripper yet in this in this uh, time? Or? By this point, I think he was there. There was reference to to Jack the Ripper. It was coined in one of the mag in one of the newspapers. Mm. Um, that's when you started to get. You don't. I don't think the dear boss letter has been sent yet. Where the Ripper came from? Though, he signed it, Jack the Ripper. Uh, well, there was that, but the 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 main the main letter that everyone talks about is a dear boss letter where he just signs it from hell. Um, but I think I think by this point he may very well have been known as Jack the Ripper or the Ripper. Um, you could also use um, leather apron because they assume that he might have been a butcher yeah. or, or or a workman, so they would have worn a leather apron just to protect themselves. Um, so you you could go with any of those. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jack. Jack the Ripper, Ripper, Leather Rape from whatever you want to choose. Yeah, with all this nasty Ripper business going on, obviously this kind of thing is terrifying for the residents. It's a good thing, uh, you know, you came along and uh, dealt with it as soon as you did. I feel bad for that poor gentleman, but and your your officer, uh, young young puke boy. But um, yes, yes, this is. But what do they want with it? Why? Why keep parts? Your your guess is good as mine, uh, Sergeant Queenston. Um, looking at what I know with the symbols, the very obvious occult aspects to uh, to bits and pieces, and your knowledge from Professor Monroe about uh, rituals, I can only assume that they want them for some sort of dastardly summoning or some sort of cult-like activity. But I, I can't I can't fathom it. I can't get my head around it. He's sort of like sitting there in his chair and he's just shaking his head as if he's trying to he's trying to get himself into the mindset of, of why someone would want to do that, but it, it, it completely Yeah, no, the average person doesn't think about that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um and he's uh so and he's and while he's sitting there, he looks down and he sees on his takes out his pocket watch and goes, Oh, oh my god, it's seven seven in the evening. Have you gentlemen eaten yet today? Can't say we have. Have we done? No. no, I can't no. say we have. Been a bit busy. Nah, yeah. yeah. Probably go for a little bit of a snack, I reckon. Oh, we were meant to have dinner last night, but that didn't work out either. Yeah. Actually, um, you know what? Should we tell Reed about last night? Like, he doesn't know that we dealt with this stuff, and he seems to be on the level. I don't think it's going to matter if we do tell him, does it? 
I mean, point? if he's our only ally, I'd rather he know about the whole thing with Balthazar and the house and the uh, all we all he knows so far is that we like got out of a bad situation and then ran into the Ripper. Problem is, if we tell him about the house, he might basically go and raid it. I would just no, we'll just tell him like, look, let us figure out what's going on. They obviously with us for a reason, so maybe we can find something out from there. But don't don't blow the cover just yet. Again, and also, and also, don't forget that he can't tell his guys we're going to raid this house because they have to know why he's going to say occult weird shit. Well, he wouldn't say that. We could put a possible location on the Ripper or something like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. So, j- just at this point, when you're talking about like, if you if you're telling me you'd raid a house, um, at this point in time, the Metropolitan Police only covered a certain area of London. Um, ah. So it's not it's not like now where the Met Police covers basically London or London boroughs. You had you had the Met Police, and then you had, um, uh, Lon- I think it was London City Police, and then you mm. had local constabularies dotted around london so yeah, the met the, police covered london and then yeah covered london and then the outside um some of the outside con- country areas so i think the met may have may not have come as far as croydon croydon would have been a local constabulary that would have commute that would have worked in tandem with the met if there was an investigation here and what would happen yeah. is the local like, like croydon would request um an inspector to come down from cid to help them on a case and that's why the met would get involved with local uh local crimes um so he wouldn't he wouldn't unless croydon asked him to come down and then they raided it with croydon constabulary the met wouldn't the met wouldn't get involved Mm, okay um but by all means i mean obviously you can tell him you can tell him whatever you like but i'm just giving you that bit out of character as yeah yeah, that's how that's how like um the police force especially the metropolitan police worked at the time well, I would like to think Marcus would have known that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair enough. But this is, but this is like, yeah, this is like, this is he's out of his depth at this point now. He's like, look, obviously the Met have been doing something to do with this. I'm just a a local copper who got in too deep. I want to help, but this is all weird shit for for Marcus Queenston. Marcus Queenston picks up drunks and stops people beating their wives in the street, but not at home. He doesn't. He doesn't fight. Yeah, yeah no, home, no. Home. He's like, get, take it back indoors. <laughs> but uh, he doesn't. He doesn't fight Eldritch abominations from beyond the pale. I don't think any of us do. That's the point. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the fact that you guys can actually go insane from what you've seen. I, I think if any of you were like, yeah, you know, we're taken down. Uh, fucking Naho Lethotep this week, guys, because yeah. he's, been, he's been doing some naughty stuff. Oh, he's been up to his old shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, messing with humanity. Jump in, jump in the Cthulhu Mobile and go and handle it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were you going to say, Chris? Um, it's nothing to do with what's happening right now. It's just that I've literally just noticed in my sheet I've got yeah. 60 points in drive auto. Obviously, we're in 1888. Um, yeah, cars aren't going to be a thing. There <laughs> are there, there the were Mercedes Benz was. I think that's about it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 you can't really gauge it, but obviously, in the in the Sherlock Holmes uh, Robert Downey Jr. movie, he did drive a car, and also, I believe, in Assassin's Creed Syndicate, you also had cars, and one of the DLC oh, for that was you fought Jack the Ripper. So. Um, yeah, well, it must be there historically is... accurate then. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say, you know, there might be a car that you could drive at like five miles per hour. Okay, fine. So get out of the way! <laughs> I'm out of control. I'm thinking like a Mr. Toad type situation. <laughs> yeah. Like a little, you know, it's, as it goes on, it goes as it's like you know, little, little mini combustion engine or something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that could work. So yeah, um, what what did you guys decide you were going to do? Were you going to tell him about the previous night, or uh, just go have some grab? Yeah, uh, I, I'm 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 gonna like as a copper. I think he'd want to tell an, a fellow copper who is obviously handled this stuff before. That's how that's how police should work. Share information. Yeah. Blah blah blah. So he he'd tell them about you know I think the whole thing really. Okay. Cool. 
So uh, if 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 you if you want to do that, I mean, we we can we can just say that in game you. Uh, yeah, you just tell them. Yeah, just yeah. Give them you the, the you uh, Marcus sure. gives gives Reed the load down in like a montage kind of clip. Yeah, yeah like I show him the pictures as well. Yeah, he's shown the pictures and he's I like him the one of the, of the giant penis. Yeah, and, and Reed Reed just sort of like you know while there's some sort of like I don't know dramatic sort of piano or violin music playing in the background Reed is when he sees the one of the monolith he's like oh yeah I saw that one before very good yeah and he's like flicking through some other pictures and then he, he stops he pauses a little bit on the picture of Balthazar and he's like hmm mm. sort of pointing at it and you guys are all like yes hmm like holding your chins and whatever and then uh, <laughs> then he sees the one of the tentacle monster and he sort of like doesn't look too good at that point um because He's just had to do a sanity roll to see if he's gone slightly insane. Oh no! Um, and uh, he he doesn't look he doesn't look too good. It's a little bit peaky, and he oh, sort of like oh, hands no, the shit. book back to you. <laughs> oh um, yes. Uh... <laughs> and then then the montage stops, and Reed is sort of like looking off into the middle distance. And he's right. like, "Yes, well, gentlemen, so we potentially have a picture that can break people's minds." Well, yeah. that's weird. Are we talking about the phallus one or the other one? No, this is a tentacle <laughs> monster. <laughs> oh, as, yeah, remember, one. as you were running away, uh, Wilfred got that critical success and managed to stop time, and it was like a photograph. Yeah, a that he did. break a Yeah, and uh, so so Reed is um, Reed is visibly shaken, um, and he's like, can't dwell on it. Dinner, gentlemen. And he just stands up out of his chair and uh, grabs his coat and his hat. Says, follow me! And he just walks out of the office <laughs> and just sort of like expects you guys to follow him at this point. Yeah, the Marcus does. Like, this guy, impressive that he like shoved it off so fast. I'm, I'm more worried he's going to walk out of the office and straight into traffic, but you know. <laughs> Jumps out the window. <laughs> yeah. It's excellent, uh, gentlemen. Follow me out the window. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, are you are you guys going to follow him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. So he um, Reed is sort of like gesturing towards you, and he's he's marching off with purpose. He's got his coat on now. It's a little bit nippy in in the air. It's about about half seven, eight o'clock now, and he leads you off down a few side streets to a pub called the Stag's Head, um, and on the on the 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 door as you go in it has it has uh, rooms available upstairs on the door and he he gets he lets you guys in and he goes and he turns back to you and he says gentlemen this is a this is an old haunt of mine excellent food excellent beer and even have rooms upstairs and if we say it's for police work they'll let you rent them for pennies virtually nothing oh, uh, and it and he uh, he walks up to the bartender and he goes to order some drinks. He's like, "Gentlemen, what would you like to drink? My round." And uh, with that, your orange juice. Orange juice. Oh, Cheers. Wait, would you have orange juice? Orange juice? Yeah. I was going to say, would they even have? Yeah, one? I think it would be like unpasteurized milk, maybe. Oh, just water, thanks. Apple? You don't uh, have apple juice? No, I don't think you would. Yeah, maybe not. Like... You might have a cordial. Like a lime cordial or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just, yeah, just anything, anything that's like tasting thingy. Cool. So uh, Reed gets you a lime cordial. Um, Cicero, Cicero, Wilfred, and and uh, Craster, regardless of what they ask for, they just get a pint of ale. Oh. And uh, hmm. and gin you would be more common, actually. I'd be What's that? More likely to get a gin. You'd be much more likely to get gin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he gets a few it's gins as well, but there's this. Yeah, there, there's 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 beer and gin and all sorts, and you guys are sitting there reveling, and uh, you you all have a very very tasty steak and kidney pie. Oh uh, God! With, with mashed potatoes. And, oh yes, because we haven't uh, eaten since the, two days ago. Yeah, boy. No, you had you had. I oh, know you didn't even get breakfast, did you? You didn't eat the cucumber sandwiches because of uh, hairy Christmas cucumber gate. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, we put everybody <laughs> off the food. <laughs> Um, strokes again. Yeah, <laughs> Marcus, as you're chowing down on your steak and kidney pie, you have a you have a flashback to to cucumber gate as you bring the fork up to your mouth and you shudder and you're like, oh. So you pause for a second just to make sure there's no hairs in your food before you carry on. 
Um, and yeah, a, a few hours pass and uh, a couple of you are a little bit merry. And uh, Reed says, gentlemen, I have organized a uh, rooms accommodation for you. Um, when you're ready, let the uh, the bartender know, the landlord know, and he'll take you upstairs and uh, sort you out. Um, I need to head back to the station. I've got a few bits and pieces to do before I head home. Uh, otherwise, uh, I'll see you tomorrow, gentlemen. And with that, he stands up, puts his hat and his coat back on again, waves goodbye to you guys and walks out the door, uh, whistling as he goes back towards um, Whitechapel Station. And uh, what would you guys like to do now, I guess? He- head up off to bed or...? Yeah, 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 it's I been it's been exhausting. Yeah. We we finally had something to eat. I think yeah, a good night's sleep is important. Yeah, yeah, cool. I agree. Okay, well, with that, you guys are all led upstairs. Uh, conveniently, there are four rooms that are relatively close to each other, and uh, you all bed down for the night. A couple of hours after you guys have all gone off to sleep, it's now the sixteenth of September. Marcus, can you do a listen roll for me, please? Yep. Oh nope. my god. You know what it is? I've got a 19 in this and that was close as well, but it's not enough. I've got a 60. Yeah. A do you want to do you want to push the roll and see if you can um on a 19, do me a favor. Well, you, you you could do luck and just take off six. Yeah, all right, I'll do that. I'll use my luck and take off six. Cool. Okay. So, Marcus, you are yeah, you are you're in bed and um you hear something out in the corridor and it wakes you up and it's like a rattling at your door and you can see the door in, in, in the dim light that's coming from the streetlights through the curtains outside. You can see as your eyes begin to adjust the door handle slowly turning and then there's a click as you hear the lock being undone I from the outside. The, I reach for my truncheon in the dark. Well, don't forget you've got the truncheon <laughs> and you've got the chair leg of justice. I, I, dual, I dual wheel the chair leg and the truncheon. Cool. Okay. And stand behind the door as if it's going to so so open up behind it. The door opens with like a creak. And then you hear these soft, barely audible footprints, uh, footprints, footsteps coming into the room. Um, and a shape come out from behind the door. What would you like to do? How tall is the shape? Um, the shape is about five foot seven, f- five foot six. I rush it. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna rush it to the ground. I want to try and like hold it down. You're gonna rush him? Yeah. Okay. Um, just seeing if you guys actually have grapple as a skill. I guess. Um, just do a strength roll for me, please. Oh, ah, yeah. yeah. Marcus, you jump out from behind the door and rush this individual into the opposite door with your truncheon like up against their throat and the chair leg pressed into their gut. Nice. And as you do that, um, you see it's, um, it's a person wearing robes and the robe her hood has been torn back from the head. And what you see in front of you is this snarling, sort of snapping, grotesque, malformed rat man. Like the bloody um, um, cultist priest. Yep, like the priest. Like the Smash it in the priest. face immediately. Wait, do I have to do a roll for sanity? Um, well, yeah, I want you to do a sanity roll at this point because you are literally nose to nose with this thing. Yeah, I'm so too angry to go you, mad. <laughs> you are unfazed by this. What we're going to do is I'm going to see if I can just roll a dodge. This guy. That movie with the is it alien? Where the guy's like, you are one ugly mother, and then just keeps beating a weird monster thing instead of like being scared. That's um, Independence Day. That's it, Independence Day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marcus does the Will Smith Independence Day thing. <laughs> Too angry to be scared, just beating the stick with a stick. So, okay, cool. So you've, you've, you've got this guy completely pinned up against the wall. He can't move anywhere. What would you like to do? Uh, right, he's snarling at me. He's not trying to do anything nice. I'm just going to clock him in the face. Cool. So, what are you going to do with do that with the trunk? You're going to use the truncheon to keep him there. So, you're going to clop him with the chair leg? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, hang on. Do I have better points in truncheon? <laughs> yeah, actually, never. I'll use the chair leg to hold him and hit him with the nightstick because I get better points with the nightsticks. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, can you do. Wow, what, what's your dexterity? Dex is not great. It's 50. Did you say 50? 
Yeah. Okay, cool. You'd go first in combat anyway. Okay. Um, combat's denoted on deck, so the, the assassin has 30. So, okay, cool. So you want to clock in with your truncheon. So can you do a, was it fight nightstick or something, whatever that mm. role is, to see if it will come off successfully or not for me? Oh, oh, fucking oh, hell. Oh, <laughs> he's not smart, but he is well hard. Um, cool. So that is a hard success. So you swing down on this guy. Can you can you roll damage for me then, please? Um, I mean, it says here that my damage should be 1d6 plus db. Oh, damage bonus. So 1d6. I should be rolling 1d6. Yeah, yeah. Just, just do that from the, um, right. from the dice thing on the side. Or just type it. So five, cool. So you've done five damage to this guy. So you have given him a good whack on the head, and he has uh, sort of dropped to his knee, sort of like slumped slightly. Uh, is a little bit, is, is slightly dazed. Um, with that, because of the commotion, I think I'm gonna, I'll bang on the window on the on the wall next to me. So I'll be like, because <laughs> we're all in separate rooms or one room? Yeah, you're all in separate rooms. Yeah, I'm just gonna bang on the wall, and whoever thinks we go, lads, lads. Cool. Uh, can can the other three of you guys do a listen roll for me, please? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen rolls are the worst in this. Hey, wow, nice. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Cicero is, like, full-on fucking comatose. Craster is, is well asleep. Only Wilfred's going to come help me. Yeah. <laughs> Wilfred, Wilfred with his bum hand and lack of weapons. No, I have a chair leg as well, thank you very much. Oh, and, and his chair leg her, has heard what's going on. Wilfred has sprung up out of his bed, grabbed his chair leg and run, run through uh, to your room in his underwear. Uh, so he's just wearing a vest and a pair of boxer shorts. And he is standing at the door and Wilfred, you can't really see what's going on. You can see Marcus is sort of like hovering over someone uh, or something, mm-hmm. sort of like pinning it to the floor. Uh, what would you like to do? So it's just the one thing, is it? Yep. I mean, he looks like he's got it under control. He's got it pinned to the floor. So yeah. I'm going to sort of like... Could still out. use a hand, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah, doing... I'll, I'll, I'm coming over. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. Just stops to watch, because I'm doing pretty well there, man. That's why. <laughs> while you guys are doing that i'm gonna come over and look menacingly at the thing okay 16 okay while you guys were just having your little conversation there the assassin has come to and has successfully rolled for strength to basically get back up on his feet again um and oh, push, well, you back, push you push you back slightly and has now pulled out a knife um so what Saucy. Do I need to roll to try and bonk him with a chair leg? Um, so at this point, we need to work out decks. So I know uh, Marcus is 50. The Assassin has Marcus 30. Wilfred, yours is 50 as well. Okay, cool. Um, as you're injured, Wilfred, mm-hmm. I would say you go second. So Marcus, it's yeah. back round to you again. What would you like to do at this point? If this thing is, does this thing seem to be like yelling anything or saying something or just snarling like an animal? He's, he's just, he's just snarl, snarling. You can see it's got hate in its eyes and I'm it's brandishing it over again. It's coming towards you. Okay. Nah, it's getting done. Oh, I think I'm going to try and aim for the knife so I can clock it out of its hand. Please do not adjust your audio device. Due to technical difficulties that arose during recording of episode five, we lost some of the audio. So for your oratory pleasure, I'll be doing a short reading which summarises the missing portion of our audio recording. Please enjoy. As Marcus prepared to come crashing down on the assassin's head, it swiftly dodges and, seeing Wilfred standing in the room, sets its sights on him. Lunging forward, its arm outstretched, with blade in hand, it goes to stab Wilfred. Fortunately, it misses and just slashes through Wilfred's nightdress. With blood in its eyes, the assassin has no option yet but to run out into the hallway. The sound of broken glass hitting the floor in the hallway and on the street outside, followed by a thud, indicates that the assassin must have jumped through the window. This commotion wakes Craster, and, standing bemused at his doorway, wondering what's going on, sees Marcus and Wilfred 
run out from Marcus's room and down the hallway to the window. Blood can be seen on the shards of glass that still remain in the window pane. A brief explanation of the recent events leads the three men to prepare themselves for action, putting on shoes and grabbing what they can before heading down to the street to follow the now blood trail left by the creature. It seems as though as it jumped and landed, it must have injured itself. The three men quickly follow the blood trail and eventually come to a manhole cover. Lifting the cover and making their way down and preparing their weapons, they begin the search for the creature. Looking down, Wilfred notices that his hand is injured again and is bleeding. This must have happened during the, com during the confrontation with the assassin. However, they press on and eventually come to a stone door, very much like the one they found the day before. However, in this instance, the door is open and from inside, the flickering lights of candles can be seen. Once again, preparing themselves for what lay beyond the door, the three men step in only to find that the assassin is laying dead upon an altar, blood coming from a slash in its neck. They can only assume self-inflicted, as it did not want to be captured alive. Looking around the room, they decide that it would probably be best if they had Cicero with them as well, as they do not know whether there might have been more assassins looking for them. Wilfred, already injured, elects to go back to collect Cicero and bring him to the room. While Wilfred is gone, Marcus and Craster decide to take a look around and see if they can see anything else that could draw some clues as to why this assassin came after them. They can see the knife the assassin was carrying is now covered in blood, which puts proof to their hypothesis that the assassin killed himself. On the assassin's chest, they find the brand of the Holy Order of Akadweleth mentioned by Professor Monroe the day before. This indicates to them that this assassin was sent by the cultists that they saw at Belthorpe Manor. Wilfred eventually arrives back at the rooms to find Cicero still asleep, doing everything he can to wake him up, eventually throwing water into Cicero's face. Cicero awakes. However, Cicero being Cicero, decides that he needs to be fully dressed before running out on this escapade into the sewers. As he says, a gentleman must always be prim and proper. After 10 minutes deciding what shirt to wear, what trousers, what shoes, and what way to do his tie, Cicero is finally ready. And this is where we will rejoin the action. I really do apologize for the missing audio for this section. As you can imagine, it was very action-packed and we will do our best to not have this happen again. Please enjoy the rest of the episode as intended. Thank you. Yeah, okay. There it is. Right, now recorded. Yeah. All right, cool. Right, <laughs> right so cicero's of I'm, I'm making an executive decision cicero's finally got himself dressed to a point where he's happy wilfred is now um very very angry um are you gentlemen going to make your way to the sewer yes yes, yes. yep okay so while this is all going on uh marcus and craster you've just been sort of like standing in this cold sewer for about 20 minutes waiting uh, for something to happen and what you hear are footsteps coming down the um, down the tunnel towards you um, what are you guys going to do? Let's, um, I'm going to draw my gun and wait inside the door yeah let's um, do the same as well uh, we're going to hide this body as well. Just dump it behind the, the um, thingy. Cool. So you've 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 dragged the body just behind the the um, altar. The altar, and yeah. both of you are standing behind the door. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So you're standing there. One each um, side, I guess. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. So, um, although you wouldn't, whoever's on the other side, whoever's on like, I guess, the right side of the door as you come in, you're going to be spotted relatively quickly. Um, 
but you know, unless you wanted to hide behind the altar with the dead body, I don't know. Is it a single door then or something? Yeah, yeah, it's just a single stone door that opens. Is the altar big enough for us to hide behind with this body? Uh, I mean, one other person could hide behind the altar. All right, fine. Do you want to get behind the altar and I'll stay behind the door just in case? I think it makes more sense for me to hide behind the door because I'm not with the gun. True, true. All right, Coming fine. Come in and see you. They might go to charge you with your deadly chair leg. Yeah, don't worry about me, man. I got, I got this bad boy. I spin the chair yeah, leg. Exactly. While they're doing that, I can just shoot them in the back. So you know, no problem. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, right, you know, yeah, we'll stay here then in that case. Because he's gonna, I'm gonna go behind the altar. So if they see me, then if anything, I can, I can distract them, and then you can shoot me in the back if we need to. I, I, I love how, how on board you are being my decoy. I mean, you've got a gun, and I like people getting shot who are trying to kill me. So you know, it works out. <laughs> All works out in the end. Okay, so as you guys take your positions, um, the footsteps start to start to slow down as um, whoever it is or whom, whomever it is get closer and closer to the door until you hear them stop. And then you see a hand, uh, Marcus, as you peer out from behind the altar, come round the edge of the door. And it's a bloody hand covered in bandages. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's Wilfred and Cicero uh, making their way in. Hey. Um, I've beaten to death. Beaten to death. <laughs> Jump behind the altar. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I can dodge this one, right? Um, maybe. <laughs> and with that, Craster pulls up and shoots them both in the head, execution style. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, seeing as these two, I get up and I'm like, bloody hell, you, you scared us off to death. Well, well uh, we would have been here sooner, but someone wanted to get the right knot on their tie. Well, you have to go for the full Windsor. Well, you want me to do half Windsor? Not a savage. You can shoot him now, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while you guys are talking away to yourselves, um, can you all just do a listen roll, please? I mean, I can try. Good old Wilfred. I will never get a listen pass. <laughs> just never. I'm just going to keep doing them until you get it so you can improve like that skill. Oh my time. god! Wow, nice. So, Crashly, you got a success. Wilfred, you got ever had a listen roll. You got a hard success on that. And oh, uh, what you guys hear further down the tunnel, what both you and Wilfred, uh, Crashed and Wilfred here are more footsteps, but not coming from the direction that that you've just come from, Wilfred. You can you can discern that because you've you've just come that way. It sounds like it's maybe echoing off and coming off from an offshoot um, of one of the other tunnels. Um, Crash that all you can hear is that there's someone someone coming your way um, again. So. All four of you are now standing in this room, and someone else is walking around in the tunnels. Uh, what are you going to do? I'm going to motion the others to take cover, and I'm going to get back behind the door with the gun. Okay. Cover anymore? We've run out. We've run out of cover. <laughs> we've run out. Of like we've got. We've got. We've got two spaces on the door. One space behind the uh, the the altar. Like yeah. where. But how dark is it in this room? Is it quite? Oh, it's fully or... lit. There's candles. Fully lit. Like, okay. yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step outside the door. Okay. Whoa, whoa, what? So, Wilfred, you step outside, and you can hear the footsteps seem to be coming towards you, but now they're, so they're possibly going away from you, as if someone's heading towards the way that you came in. So they're heading back towards the ladder that leads up to the street level. Uh, what do you want to do? Pop back in and let them know. Cool. All right. Let's go see what's going on. But before we do, and I drag out the body, oh, uh, just watch, uh, watch out, lads. But uh, check this out. Dump the body on the ground. Anything? Going we couldn't find anything. But uh, <laughs> having that oh. now. Why? What? How? How? Do you roll? <laughs> like, oh, how do you roll so God. well for starting so pointless? 
I mean, you, you, you kind of, they kind of wanted you to come back, Wilfred, so you could do a spot hidden and see if you could find what they couldn't find. But, <laughs> well, what I found is a story, gentlemen. Well, while, 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 there, while, Wilf, while uh, Wilfred, while Marcus is like shouting at you for just getting out your sketch pad and doing that, <laughs> time stops. And as you're sketching, um, you noticed poking out there's something in the robe on the inside and then once you finish drawing um time starts back up again and marcus oh, nice. is halfway through his his you bloody... you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another thing what what, what is it <laughs> i just don't say a word completely ignore him and just grab whatever it is out of the robe okay you you grab a piece of paper that seems to have come from a hidden pocket inside the rope. Um, and you, uh, by this point, Marcus has seen you do this and pulled it out. Um, and you're now, you now open up the piece of paper and on that paper are all your names and where you're staying. Hmm. It would appear we do not have many fans. Whose handwriting is it? You, you you don't know. You don't recognise the handwriting. It's just general handwriting. The only person who knows where we're staying is Reeve. Uh, no, I think Monroe. No, we told Monroe that he could find us at the station, not in this hotel. Yeah, but maybe, yeah, the maybe he went to the person, Reed, and then he told them. We told him. We've not oh. made much effort of hiding ourselves in the bar. Well, for now, we've got everything we can out of this rat bastard. We should probably follow the footsteps. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, um, hold on. was that the spot hidden that we needed to find? Because I didn't roll for yeah, it either. Yeah, yeah, that was, but, okay. but, but okay. Wilfred got it with his, with his sketch. Um, so are you guys all going to leave the room now with the door left open with the rat, rat man and his ritual? Oh, like, God. You know, um, assassin's knife and blood yeah. everywhere. Toodle pip. Toodle yeah, we'll, pip. Let's, yeah, we'll oh, dump him on the ground. Maybe he fell off, maybe he fell off the, uh, the altar and we just like close the door and go. Yeah. Is anyone going to take, take... You want to take the knife? Oh, yeah, yeah. Get the knife. Get the knife. Cool. Um, as Wilfred chip, chipped in first, Wilfred, you see the knife and you grab it, put it in your pocket, and uh, you all wander off. Well, I say wander off. You all briskly walk back towards um, the exit. Where, well, the exit, the entrance where you came in. Um, as you make your way up the ladder, um, who, who's ahead of you? Who, who's 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 going to be leading this group? It's usually Marcus because he'll punch things fastest. Yeah. Okay, Marcus. As you're going up the ladder, um, you obviously poke your head up first, and you look around, and you and you see um, a gentleman in in the light drifting round one of the corners and he seems to be wearing a, a, a cape and a top hat. Um, you Is didn't really get... But you didn't really seem to get a good look at it. All you, saw was a, all you saw was a cape like sort of like, like blowing in the breeze and a person wearing a top hat going off round a corner. Yeah, I'm um, going to skitter out and like, go, oi, oi, you, stop! And just check, give chase. So you're... you're off giving chase. What are the other guys doing? Are you guys going to follow? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Rat is going to sigh and then follow. <laughs> cool. So Ratman. you guys are all, it's Ratman. You guys are all um, giving chase. And as you run around the corner, uh, and Marcus, you're shouting, Oi! Um, Stop in the name of the law. The person stops. And as he turns around, um, it's a familiar face with a familiar moustache. One could say with a, an explorer's build. Yeah. And it's uh, Professor Munro um, standing hmm. there I knew underneath it. the streetlights. What are you guys going to do? Well, I'm confused now. I mean... Is that... Sergeant Queenston? Aye, that's me. I'm, but I'm not gonna. Like, I'm gonna hold. I'm still holding my truncheon, and I'm gonna like slowly advance. Can you yep. tell me what you're doing here, uh, Professor? I was, I was, I was exploring the tunnels. I read some more of that 
book. I wanted to see if I could find so many more rooms um, that you uh, described to me. And uh, I think I may have found one um, about a mile and a half east of here. Um, what are you doing here? Asking questions. Are the others caught up to me now? Yeah, yeah. All, all four of you are standing there like you're some sort of like like the Avengers, like slowly approaching. <laughs> right now, so you've all taken you've all taken like power poses, if you like. <laughs> yeah, we're like, like doing the movie with the, yeah. with the camera pans around all of us standing in a circle for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rose looking a bit confused. We were, we were all looking a bit confused. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, can I can I roll up psychology to see if uh. Again, yep. if you teams. Cool. Um, as far as you can tell, he's coming across as genuine. He's not actually hiding anything from you at all. He's he seems to be telling the truth. He has just been in the sewers looking for another one of these rooms. Um, would you like to to press him on it, or? I mean, <sighs> you know what, Prof? This is your this is your. Your Oriental buddy? Oh, no, that doesn't sound right. Your buddy from the Orient? <laughs> your uh, Oriental buddy. Yeah, it didn't sound right at all. I, I, I then, remember it was your buddy from the Orient. Uh, and then politically incorrect accent. Yeah. Maybe you should press him a bit. Yeah, well, I guess I could try and um, uh, I could try and roll a persuade to see if he can. Uh, uh, I want, I want to tell him that we found one ourselves. Yeah, but I don't want to be yeah. like. What What would you be rolling the persuade for, though? I mean, he's already given you information. So Marcus, we're sure Marcus at this point that he's. Know, well, Mar- Marcus knows that he's, or at least has the feeling from his psychology role that he's telling the truth. So what would you be trying to get from the persuade? Well, that would be. Um, uh, do, I mean, I guess we ask him why exactly he was at this sewer at this time, sort of thing. You know, like if, he says, if he says that there's one I mean, that's a half a mile away, why is he here? Yeah, well, you can you can just ask him that without okay, without being right. persuaded yeah. to want to. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Monroe, why are you uh, over in this place? I thought you you said the other you said the other location was half a mile away. What brings you to this exact spot? Oh, I was just following the etchings on the on the walls of the uh, of the sewers, and I just ended up coming to this coming to that ladder and climbed out. Uh, I have a feeling that we should look for these etchings then, right? If everyone else is in agreement. Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So can, can, these, can you... these tunnels seem to go like under the whole city. Yeah, I mean, it's well, a sewer yeah, system, sewers, so it goes so, everywhere. Yeah. Or rather, rather, these these cultists, I guess, seem to have a network of the whole city, is what I mean. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. they must have a way of marking it. So, um, Monroe, can you uh, show us these etchings, please? And he says, oh, of course. And he actually walks over to him, pulls out a notebook, and he's actually drawn some of the... I thought you were going to say knife for a second. <laughs> and he pulls out a knife and shanks you. Oh, like, right. and I was like, oh, knife! Yeah, and he sort of like embeds it in Cicero's gut and turns it and goes, there you go, son. Have some of that. <laughs> um, no, he pulls out a notebook and shows you the markings, and they're actually Nordic runes. Exactly the same as the ones found mm. on both the monolith and on the original door that um, crashed and blew off its hinges. Uh, let's see. So, um, if, if he, so he's, uh, I'm assuming that the markings are down in the sewers then, and he's just following them around the sewers. Are you, are you asking me as the GM or well, asking oh, yeah, I'll, I'll character? Ask him, you, well, if he's showing us, then. <coughs> Is he showing us the, that they're in the sewers, or is he showing us that they just he's got them in the book? Well, that those are the markings that he's talking about in the book. So he's he's, oh, okay, sort of, right. he's, he's stopped and sketched them, and then now he's showing them to you oh. to show you the markings. All right. Well, in that case, then I'd ask him, Monroe, can you show us exactly where you found these markings? Are they in the sewers, or are they up, up, up top, or where? Yes, they're on the they're on the sewer walls, Cicero. They're what? everywhere. Okay. And they lead to another one of those chambers. It's a door with that brand on it. And as, as he says that, he sort of like winces. And uh, on the door as well, there's some markings, some more runes marked around the edge. 
Um, I sketched the door for you if you want to have a look at that, but I couldn't see a way to open it. There was no keyhole. He seems to be very upset about the brand itself, and that <laughs> seems to cause a lot of his wincing. And I really tempted to try and persuade him to take his shirt off, but I don't know why you're not asking <laughs> what, what? that. In a, I reckon he's been branded. You you want him to you want him to sh- to take off his shirt. Well, this is it. We've only seen it etched into walls and on things. Why is he so sure it's a brand physically on? Th- well, the the rat guy was branded, and you just that. sketched him. So oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but how did he know it was a brand? In the first, that was after. Well, what he's... happened in the Orient? And the the <laughs> reaction he gave to it when he's. Maybe he, he saw win. someone. Maybe he saw people get branded by it. Um, I mean, you'd have to. I mean, we could just. I think it's be... for information. I think at this point yeah. now, it's a bit weird. He's down here, and it's a case of like we can take you in for questioning, which seems odd, or you can just tell us the truth. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's just ask him. Have you? Have you been branded? No. <laughs> <laughs> no? You don't want to ask him that. Not no. just like flat out like that. <laughs> It's like, yo, oh, well, um, why, why are you branded? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, all oh, right. oh, Professor, why are you so sure this is a brand and not just a normal rune? Um, and he looks off to his side and he's, he's like, I've seen things, son. I've seen things that would turn a man's stomach. And then he sort of pauses. Um, if you want to push for that, I at this point, this is when I'd roll a persuade. Yeah, Chris. all right. Hey. Hey, all right. Yep. So you sort of like lean in, like step forwards as if you, you know, gesture as if you're expecting more information. And then this is when Munro looks up and stare, looks at all of you dead in the eye. And from from the light from the gas lamps, you can see his eyes are Again, they have that sort of dead expression in them. He just looks at you and goes, have you ever seen what happens when you push a brand into flesh? It's not um, something... Yes. <laughs> yeah, Cicero's just like, yeah. Hey, Mark, yeah. Mark's just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I did all the rituals. Oh, it was weird. So, you know. <laughs> I went to private school. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> went to private school. Um... <laughs> So you've seen this exact brand being put onto people? Yes. Yes, I have. And children. Creatures. To get away. Formidable um, group, I guess. How did you escape? I was... Uh, I made my way into a temple uh, not too far from Istanbul. And uh, while I was hiding... I witnessed uh, men in white robes branding uh, people they had kidnapped from the streets. Hmm. It was unpleasant and haunting, and you can you can see again it, the 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 tremble is coming back into his hands, and uh, he sort of like like clasps his hands in front of him. And uh, he goes, well, can't dwell on the past. Must push on, uh, gentlemen. And he gets out his, his watch and he's like, oh, it's nearly, it's nearly four, four o'clock. Uh, I think I should head home and get some rest. I suggest you gentlemen do the same as well. And uh, he gets ready to turn, puts the pocket back in his, in his, in his uh, waistcoat pocket, the, the clock, I should say, and yeah. uh, goes to turn away and walk back. Before before you do, um, Professor, you might be interested in something we found, but I'll warn you, it's not pretty. And he stops, uh, looks around at you and says, what did you find? Remember you mentioned those... Yeah, <laughs> found a rat boy. <laughs> you mentioned the, that there were creatures. We, uh, we fought one. We chased it down here, but it seems to have taken its own life. Seeing it has shaken something in me to my core and my friends too. It's not the first time we've been assailed by the unusual. We could use an extra pair of eyes if you're feeding up to it. 
he stops and looks back at you guys and says, did it look like a rat? Yes, exactly. Like a little rat bastard. <laughs> and he goes, yes. They call them Dwellites. Who's they? Mumro sort of like smiles and uh, looks back at you and goes, you should be careful around those creatures. They're not human anymore. And then he just turns around and walks off. Because anymore, that, that was once a, a person. And uh, as, as he walks away, he raises his hand and says, Gentlemen, if you must see me in the morning, and then just heads off. Um, I'll be honest, I could definitely do a bit of a kip. Um, it's four in the morning. Yeah. I'm going back to bed. Sister Rose, I don't know. Woken up in the middle of the night by someone throwing water over you. We're all standing here in our, in our skivvies and like a jacket. I mean, you can't, a gentleman can't go underdressed. You know what? For one, Cicero, I think I agree with you. I would like to catch some kip, but we should probably stay two for two in the rooms at the moment just in case we have uh, more of these assassins. Bank buddies. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Prof, you're with me since you're uh, the physically weakest. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you could have you could have said we'll have one gun in each room or something. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah one yeah. gun in each room. <laughs> physically oh, yeah, weakest. Prof, you're with me because you're you know like a wimpy baby man. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm like four foot three. But even... <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I'll retcon that. One gun in each room does sound good. Everybody flex to see who's stronger here. <laughs> so we go back and bed down? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yep, I think it's okay. a good point to end. Yep. <laughs> So you guys, you guys head back to um, head back to your animal. lodgings, and um, as you say, bed down for the night. Thank you for listening to episode five of Spectre in the Fog: What Goes Bump in the Night tracks used in this week's episode are Abandoned Windmill from TabletopAudio.com and as always various sound effects from FreeFX.co.uk Once again I would like to take this opportunity to apologise for the missing audio we are endeavouring to make sure this never happens again and until next time keep investigating <laughs>